Welcome to CS Essentials by Gainsight, a Success League radio production. This series focuses on the foundational pieces of building a customer success organization. This podcast is brought to you by the Success League, a consulting and training firm focused on developing customer success programs that drive revenue. And the series is also brought to you by Gainsight, built to leverage four key value drivers, increasing scale and efficiency, improving user experience and product adoption, improving retention, and increasing expansion. Gainsight has a suite of products to help solve those challenges in a single cohesive manner. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the co-host of CS Essentials by Gainsight and the founder and CEO of the Success League. And I'm joined by our other host, Tim Van Lu, who is Gainsight's Director of Strategy for Gainsight CS. Welcome, Tim. Happy to be here, Kristen. Today, we're so lucky to be joined by Carrie Weinbeck from Calix, where she heads up client enablement. Carrie is a rock star CS ops leader and will be sharing her experience and approaches to customer success operations. Carrie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm honored and humbled to have been asked and excited to discuss all things CS ops. A little bit of background about myself. I'm passionate about CS ops, but it was an, actually not in my career roadmap to begin with. I love process and creating order out of chaos, but I also love pursuing opportunities that make me feel uncomfortable. So I started my career in sales at American Airlines because it still <laughs> took me out of my comfort zone. From there, I rotated functions. I did business development, marketing strategy. I attended Georgetown for my MBA and then was given another opportunity to make myself very uncomfortable through a leadership rotation program at GE. And over two years, I worked in brand strategy, marketing operations through a leadership development program that relocated me to Connecticut, South Africa, and Indonesia. And then I was offered a role in customer success, which was very new to GE Digital at the time. And I was asked to build a tech touch team which morphed into more of an operations role. And I've stayed in that space ever since, though I've been doing very different tactical activities throughout the years. And I'm sure we'll talk about that through the course of this discussion. That's amazing. I've heard that GE program is very exciting and interesting and challenging. It is unique, absolutely. And gives you such a wonderful perspective on functions, businesses, and geographies. Really fascinating. That's really cool. Well, let's dive in and talk about CS Ops. People throw that term around and mean a lot of different things when they say that, especially now where it's still a little bit new. So Carrie and Tim, what does it mean to you when people say CS Ops and what are the different parts of a CS Ops function? Customer success operations can absolutely encompass a number of areas. Um, it can include gainsight administration, scorecard and playbook strategy and development, can include client success training and enablement for both internal and external end users, renewal management, journey automation or tech touch, client communication, customer reporting, customer knowledge and education, voice of customer programs, client advocacy and reference management. Um, that was a long list and I'm sure it's not comprehensive, but I think the beauty of client success or customer success operations is that there is a core principle that we are meant to support customer success. And there's an opportunity to create what that means within each organization. And with that said, each organization, it should not look different. It should be based on the customer lifecycle, the products and services, the maturity, the existing functions at your company. And so, for example, don't create a reporting function in customer success operations because that's what everyone else is doing. If there's already a reporting function within your organization, focus on the gaps that you want to fill and the rest will follow naturally. I think in smaller organizations, you know, you might just pick and choose two or three of those items. And in a larger organization, you might have lots of those things. I think Carrie's point about making sure that 
customer success operation. So making sure that the customer is first in line there, but it can be anything, Carrie's mentioning CS tooling, it could be process definition internally. You could even have a CS analytics uh, arm as well. So looking at sentiment analysis and journey progress, they're responsible for reporting on revenue metrics as well. And then there's the internal training and enablement. And I think one thing that's kind of gaining a lot of speed this year is the idea of digital customer success and what that means. And at Gainsight, we incorporate a, a scale type role within our CS ops org, which incorporates those digital lifecycle moments across all of our customers, whether it's high or low touch via email or in-app or community-driven moments. So like Kerry's point, wherever those gaps are, CS ops can help fill. And it doesn't matter if it's a no-touch self-service model to high touch. So going on to that actual kind of theme there, let's get into the core questions that we want to ask Carrie here. So like I mentioned, there are such CS programs. What do you see as the differences between CS ops for each of those segments of the customer base? Let me actually start with similarities. I mentioned a while ago, I was hired to build a tech touch team back at GE Digital. And back then, the landscape was that phrase to say elements chart, if you'll remember that. And as I was developing the programs for automation, and I had a CSM team, and so at that point, I really championed a pivot of our segmentation that ultimately impacted our strategy and is why I said my role morphed into more of an operations role. So essentially, my advice is start digital first. When you think about your strategy, look at the customer journey, build an automated workflow that encompasses all touch points. Then by segment, which doesn't have to be by size, it could be by a needs analysis, start understanding where a human touch intervention would benefit the customer and what that intervention should look like. So you're correct, CSOps can not only build the automated journeys, but it can also support the process and technology-led playbooks for those high-touch moments. We can build templates, slides, automate reporting. I mean, go back to that list of the items that ops can comprise. We can help the entire internal and external journey for all segments. So we aren't just digital, but I do think digital first is an interesting way to approach it. And I also recommend starting every CS organization with operations because we just talked about a lot of fundamentals that are foundational to CSMs and other functions being successful, especially when you're in an organization where customer success is new and maybe not understood. So often CSMs can get pushback in those scenarios. So let's set them up for success. And often that success is foundation work done by the CS ops teams. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting way to think about it because I think a lot of especially smaller organizations approach it in the reverse way where they throw a bunch of CSMs at it. And then you kind of have to back into operations and digital. And it's not always as successful because I think they're missing then some of those foundational pieces that can really benefit even a high touch program. So even if your ultimate goal is to have a team that is still high touch, a lot of those digital components are there in support of that higher touch team. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially when it when you kind of compare digital and high touch, like for CS ops, high touch, even if you're a more mature CS org, making sure that your CSMs are set up for success and like tooling consolidation, you know, are there workflows that you can offload for your CSMs to make them better? But I also want to highlight again what Carrie mentioned, like starting with CS ops seems like the most earth shattering idea for a lot of people. But Kristen, like you mentioned there, a lot of people will throw the bodies at it and then the process will come. But the reality is we're in an economic landscape where people are you know, assigning value to efficiency and how efficiently you're growing and how you do that process. Absolutely. I have a question, Carrie, for you. How have you approached training and enablement, both for internal teams and also for customers? Training is really hard. Everyone understands and knows the importance of it, but no one prioritizes time to complete it. 
right? Even trainers are often getting overdue notices for their corporate training assigned to them. So people really want to be able to consume relevant information only at the time that they need it. They don't have brain capacity necessarily to consume it when you want them to consume it. So I absolutely think corporate training is inevitable. We need to provide those robust resources. But I really focus my team on providing point-in-time solutions. So for external clients, for example, that looks for us like Gainsight's PX platform, delivering pop-ups, offering tips, guiding clients within the application, where they are, when they are, so that they drive the value of that content. And the content has to be short, right? People can't digest an entire Thanksgiving meal in one bite, though that's often how we structure training. They really need small bites over time to be able to savor and appreciate the fullness. So if you provide a single topic, and we're all trained by social media, how to branch off and start following what interests us, we use that common learning model in our delivery strategy too. For internal, two things. First, KPIs. If our KPIs, our expectations, or our team meetings aren't aligned to what you want them to do, what you're training them to do in terms of using technology or playbooks or processes, they're not going to adopt them. So often I try to start there, make sure that they are going to be enforced. And then on educating them, the how, the when, the where, it's exactly the same as our external facing customers, right? Provide access to corporate resources, including videos and how-to guides, maybe a three steps to get started one pager, but also provide that bite-sized content when they need it and where they need it. Unfortunately, Gainsight actually removed the ability to apply PX to itself. They used to have an in-application training platform, which is really great, but I found an incredible substitute, temporary substitute maybe, what fix? And we applied it to Gainsight with incredible results. So it's similar to what I described PX did for external customers, but it was for our internal users. So as they were navigating through the Gainsight platform, you know, they could ask a question specific to what they were needing to do at that time. And so requesting questions to the operations team just plummeted because we gave them on-demand access to bite-sized learnings. I think it's so key to make sure that you're delivering that message in the right medium at the right time, like whether it's your customers or internal for training, you know, you mentioned PX, like if someone's stuck on a page, you know, looking at how long they've been on a page, surface a relevant article, that type of thing. And same thing with internal CS teams when they're using something like a Gainsight or any other tool, all hands of the training for an hour and a half, you know, someone's going to be out sick, someone's going to be multitasking, 90% of people are probably multitasking, let's be honest here. So that constant reinforcement is needed. So moving on to the next question here, what does tooling look like for you at this stage? What kind of tech ecosystem have you built? Obviously, you've mentioned Gainsight, but I'd like to hear a little bit about that and some other features too. Absolutely. Gainsight is certainly our backbone. We've integrated nearly every data source from our company into the tool, from ServiceNow to Salesforce to Jira to product and service applications, project management tools, HR and finance systems. Within Gainsight, we use nearly every capability, including CX, PX, JO, Journey Orchestrator, Rules Engine, Data Designer, etc. We have also found a need for an additional business intelligence tool because we are doing all the internal and external reporting of study and operational performance, which would overwhelm Gainsight system and quite frankly, go a bit out of its scope. But with that said, we do push the limits of the Gainsight scope quite often. So for example, we're not only using it for journey automation, but also for full client communications, including product release information, service announcements, Of course, we have a project management tool to track all of our initiatives. My favorite tool is actually Smartsheet. Unfortunately, we don't use that tool currently, but it's very powerful. We also find a process tool to be very helpful. 
And as we also look after client education, we have a learning management system and a content management system. The education team at Calix is the most sophisticated I've seen. So we also have a translation tool and a writing governance tool, a video creation tool. And then of course, who could do without email and instant messaging? So we have quite a robust set of technologies that service both our internal and external customers to make sure that we are efficient and delivering value every step of the way. Of those, which ones are you and your team responsible for managing? Just out of curiosity. Sure. So we manage Gainsight. We manage the project management tool. We manage the LMS and the content management tool, as well as the writing governance tool, translation tool, and video creation tool. So the other service operation delivery teams, such as sales operations, obviously manages Salesforce, you know, tech and R&D will manage the JIRA and Rally. So other functions do service their own backbone technologies, but we do have quite a, a large number that we are administrators for. That's, that's amazing. That's a, that's a large chunk of your organization's tech for sure. Very cool. How are you measuring the results of your programs? And along with that, what role is testing playing in CSOps today? Yeah, let me actually start with testing. Limiting release or piloting, QA reviews, they're certainly important, obviously at various degrees as we try to balance speed and accuracy with quality. So I try to push my perfectionists to be okay with 80% accuracy, knowing they'll try to hit 100%, but that might delay launch. For those who like to meet uh, move with speed. I set realistic deadlines to ensure they properly review details and manually walk through a process or have a colleague try it. So we do a lot of soft launches where a small group of users will test something before we release it more broadly. We'll interact dur during the process to make sure that we iterate, make small changes, and really make it valuable to them so that we are maintaining our reputation of delivering value because there's nothing worse than preparing for a big launch and frustrating everyone with a process or a tool that didn't work exactly as they were hoping. So we do a lot of small, soft launches. We also do a lot of V1, V2 planning, and we make it clear, this is just the MVP. Here are the roadmap of enhancements, but we wanted to get you something now rather than you having to wait a long time for something robust and comprehensive. So we do a little bit of both of those to make sure that we are iterating, testing, releasing, and really continuing to deliver value and quality. Of course, there will always be complaints and improvements. We don't let that bother us, but we just keep using it as an awesome form of feedback to continue delivering for both internal and external customers. So how we measure that. Uh, we quantify everything we do so that we can show value. And we try to put it in a language that a board member or a C-suite leader would care about. So cost savings, resource efficiency are usually top of mind, as is revenue generation. And I have some ideas there because ops can, in fact, be a revenue generator. We'll save that for another time, though. So smart goals. Currently, I have five KPIs based on the service that we're providing to our organization that each member of my team can directly link to. I think it's really hard as an individual to build on goals that are so strategic or conceptual that they don't actually apply to your day-to-day. -day. So in our current set, for example, I have a target of delivering 15% engagement rate on output. So did that dashboard and gain site add value? Let's track adoption and engagement. Did that email to clients resonate? Let's track open rate. Or did that new process and playbook make sense? Let's calculate utilization. Our KPIs can also include quantifiable time savings. Right now, our target is 5%. So for example, did this new report save you an hour of Excel manipulation? 
Did the use of our one-to-many client communication process save the product organization time in curating a contact list and sending manually via Outlook? Did that writing governance tool implementation save the technical writers time on reviewing their cycle check for grammatical errors? All of that is trackable. We also track deliverables in terms of time utilization, meaning my team has to account for 80% of their time by indicating the amount of time each task will take with the start and end date. So we can really piece together a sprint delivery cycle that includes high ticket items in addition to small bug fixes. Because in my opinion, nothing's worse than submitting a request for help and having it backlogged for a year due to senior leadership priorities dominating. So we really make sure that we have a comprehensive amount of work that encompasses a variety and that Of course, then we track against 80% of time utilization. But finally, I do want to mention not everything has to be so rigorously attributed to a SMART goal, right? Sometimes the best measure of our programs are thank you notes, team discussions with value and feedback. Um, It's not always measurable, but it is always motivating. I love how elaborate, how many different measures you have to actually measure the efficacy of it. You have everything from like, you know, talking about, you know, CS ops being a revenue generator versus time saving and efficiency. And so many people struggle in that area to prove why their operations team is beneficial and what value they add back. It's something I see all the time and something we try to educate a lot of CS practitioners with. Because you're able to enable or show all of those metrics and value um, kind of statements across the organization, I'm sure you have a footprint in the overall company strategy. So how does your CS ops team, how do you inform the strategic thinking of your organization? What role do you play in overall company strategy as well as customer strategy? Absolutely. We impact heavily in many ways. We impact product, R&D, data security, data governance, service delivery, project management, sales, business development. Nearly every team within our company has had their strategy impacted by a CS ops deliverable directly influence which customers, how will we deliver? How will we tell them about it? What will we deliver? Did it generate value? So intangible examples. Our voice of customer trends and insights impact our service delivery model and our product roadmap. They understand what's resonating and what's not. Our aggregation of data reveals data quality issues. So when we pulled everything into Gainsight, there were gaps and there was a mismatch. So we're driving corporate data governance efforts. Our recommended playbooks have changed the internal governance and escalation processes to provide more strategic and standard interaction with clients. For example, our top clients weren't having quarterly business reviews, things that surfaced through our evaluation of tools, technology, and processes. And interestingly, this one is really exciting to me. This is when you know customer success is resonating in your organization, in my opinion. Our overall health score is actually a corporate KPI. So that means the improvement of scores is every department's concern because it affects everyone's bonus. So yes, we inform a lot of strategy across the organization. That's amazing. Seeing the KPI at that level is just, is huge. It just puts so much more accountability on it. So Carrie, this brings to mind another question for me, which is, you know, you've kind of hit a really great place in terms of collaborating with other teams. How did you get there? What was the process of building those relationships and starting that collaboration? I tend to try to become best friends with the other operational leaders first. So service delivery operations, customer service operations, sales operations, et cetera, as they hold the key to data. And like I mentioned, we started digital first, gain site first. So once we have valuable deliverables, they tend to be data related under our belt. Then we began an awareness campaign with product, R&D, sales, and all the other groups. And they can see how the process, the playbooks, the reports, the insights deliver value to them. So of course, then they're 
obviously open to exploring the next steps. So once we interest them in the possibilities and we help them to generate value, they're excited to collaborate. And often that becomes a regular cadence call sharing updates. It's helping them with ad hoc requests or even doing a joint planning session to team up on a big initiative. Constant communication is obviously key, as is being human first and truly getting to know our stakeholders and peers. My team takes on a servant leadership mentality. So we want to lead by example, push the envelope on what the organization can do and should expect. But we do that all through serving others with quality and speed. And people really tend to appreciate and respond well to that approach. I think a, a kind of like ha- creating a CS operations organization and uh, something I see a lot of new Gainsight customers come back and tell me feedback around is that when they start doing these activities, gathering data and, you know, aggregating everything together, all of a sudden product starts knocking on their door and sales is wondering what's going on in there. So it really helps kind of create that cohesive kind of company-wide rallying around customer success, which is interesting. I want to go back a little bit here and ask a question about CS operations as a career path. For me specifically, I got into customer success. I was a customer enablement manager at my previous company. We're technical documentation and quick how-to guides. But then I I inherited managing Gainsight, and that's how I got interested. I kind of just tripped and fumbled into customer success operations. What advice would you give to someone who is exploring CS ops as a career path, as now it's more much more formalized than the years prior? Yeah, you and I both stumbled in, but for anyone, regardless of stumbling or projecting themselves into the role, I would give the same advice. What are you passionate about? You need to define what in your current role or previous role really motivates you. Is it interacting with customers? Is it analyzing data? Is it building slides that tell stories or configuring a system? Is it strategizing a playbook that will drive value? Or maybe it's training others on best practices. Know your passion. And I think many people have this idea that customer success is linear in career pathing and they shouldn't cross lines, meaning I'm a CSM, so then I become a senior CSM, then an enterprise CSM, and then a manager, and on and on. But my success has wholly been due to crossing lines and following my passion. Tim, it sounds like you've had some success there too. And so if you think back to that long list of areas that customer success ops can own, my guess is one of those areas will correlate with one of the passion points that you've defined for yourself. And I would say, don't be afraid to explore that. If you enter operations, you aren't committing to a lifetime of operations, but you are committing to broadening your skill set while doing something that you love. I think that's fantastic advice. I also love that it gives people a career path CS Ops gives people a career path outside of just progressing into management in a really traditional way because management isn't for everybody. And I think that this is an alternative that people who are in CS can look at as another way to move up in an organization without necessarily having a team of people who are reporting to them for them to torture (laughs) (laughs) if they're not good at managing. Oh, I know. And it's, I feel like there's so, so much pressure in that career path too, where, you know, you're at CSM and you're going to get to your senior levels and then you're going to become a manager, but that's just not the path. I didn't take that path. And, you know, I'm kind of glad I took a different path, but something Carrie mentioned, which I think is just so true is that CS ops is so broad And there's companies that have so many different things under CS ops. Like I mentioned at Gainsight, we have a scale team and that's focused on all digital interactions. So if you love customer journeys and stuff like that, but then also we have people who work on CS analytics. Do you have an analytical mind and do you want to look at what 
stage of the journey, customers get value. So like there's operational efficiency, helping customers get to value, advocacy groups even within customer success ops. So there's just so many different things. So, you know, highlighting what Carrie said about like follow your passions and see where you can kind of shoehorn them in and you'll eventually find a company that's hiring for that type of role. Well, Carrie, thanks so much for joining us on today's podcast. I really appreciate you sharing your experience and ideas about CS operations. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out? Absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity. I would love to connect, hear what resonated, answer questions. And I think LinkedIn is a great forum for that. So I'll recommend we start there. Sounds good. Well, Tim, thanks so much as always for joining me on the episode. And I'm looking forward to the next one. As am I. It's always a pleasure. I also want to thank our producer, Russell Bourne, and our audio expert, Nika Rivers. This podcast is a production of platforms. Please visit Gainsight.com to get in touch with a sales team member. Gainsight has a selection of purpose-built solutions for wherever you may be in your customer journey. To learn more about the Success League's consulting and training offerings, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io. And for more great customer success content, follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. You can subscribe to Success League Radio on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.